title of my message this morning, as I said, is the unfolding vision. I want to use Jeremiah 29 as our main text, just to encourage everybody here, regardless of what stage you are in terms of your vision, the vision that God has given you, what God has said in your life will come to pass. No matter how long. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm reading the Good News Bible. It reads as follows. God is speaking to Jeremiah and to you, of course. I alone know the plans I have for you. Isn't, isn't it nice to know that God has plans for you? Hey, you are not a mistake. You are not a coincidence. I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. Somebody say the future. future. Say it again. You know, God always talks to us about what he is going to do in our lives, that which is going to unfold in our lives. In this particular verse, God assures Jeremiah that he has no bad intentions about his life and no bad plans about his life. In fact, the plans he has for Jeremiah will bring him prosperity. Prosperity simply means to succeed, to do well. You know, it's a blessing to be able to do well. We all want to do well, is that right? eh? Prosperity is not limited to things. You know, sometimes when we use the word prosperity, People think about just natural resources. They are included, of course. But there's, there's more to life than just having things. You know, it's about your project succeeding. Your plans moving forward. God says, I have plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. And so God wants us to constantly be moving forward in the vision that he has given us. For the most part, and most people, maybe, maybe not that many, but quite a number of people in the world, most of us, when we look at our backgrounds, our beginning wasn't that great. We could have gone through major problems and major setbacks. And you know, when you look at where we started, it's not very impressive. But what God wants us to do is to constantly strive for the unfolding of vision. God doesn't want us to be frozen or imprisoned in our past. Instead, God wants us to reach out and grab the future that he has planned for us. Why? Because we are men and women of vision. How many of you are sitting next to a man and a woman of vision? There are men of vision. There are women of vision. We are men and women of vision. For that reason, we must intentionally and consciously always remind ourselves, my life as a visionary, is unfolding. I'm a man of vision, I'm a woman of vision, and my future is unfolding. Encourage yourself and say, my future looks better than my past. But it means we must take the initiative. Instead of waiting in hope that life will self-correct, we must refuse to be passive as people. Passively waiting for opportunities to come. But rather, we must prayerfully take action 
and do something no matter what odds are against us. You know, on Friday, a very dynamic woman was laid to rest. There's a picture there. Tandin Love. What a woman of worth. Powerful woman. An anti-apartheid struggle stalwart. A business icon breaking through the male-dominated industry of construction and other organizations. This woman survived domestic abuse, did so well. In spite of whatever hurdles, she moved on to achieve vision. Barcelona, it just takes regular, everyday, ordinary people like you and me to be able to achieve something in life. Can I hear an amen? Paul writes about it in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Listen to what he says. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I just like the picture language that he's using. He says, I'm forgetting what's behind. I am reaching forth. Somebody say reaching forth. Say it again. He says, I am reaching forth unto those things which are before. So you and I, we need to make up our minds. We're going to be men and women who are reaching forth. Our life will continue to unfold. The Bible in basic English in that verse reads as follows. Brothers, it's clear to me that I've not come to that knowledge. But one thing I do, letting go of the things which are past and stretching out to the things which are before. See, if you're going to get anywhere in life, you have to reach forth, you have to stretch out, you have to push yourself. Can I hear an amen? amen. In the contemporary English version, it reads, my friends, I don't feel that I've already arrived, but I forget what is behind, and I struggle for what is ahead. To move forward in life, we have to engage in a struggle, in a fight. We've got to stretch. We've got to apply ourselves. We can't afford to be passive. Why? Because God has plans for us. And God has given us vision. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, the first part, where there is no vision, people perish. You know, I'd rather have vision than have other things. Because if you have vision, everything else you will be able to get. Wherever there's no vision, people perish. Now, I want to show you how that word vision is translated differently in the Bible because this is important for you and me. Because we are men and women of vision. And vision unfolds. Your life, my life unfolds. If you follow that vision, it will unfold. You will not always be where you are today. You will, you will be in a better place tomorrow if you follow vision. Right? You may be stuck right now. You may be struggling right now. You may be stuck. You may not know what to do. You may be filled with fear, but I want to say to you, you will not always be at the place that you are today. As long as you are willing to follow that vision. Note what it says here. Where there's no vision, people perish. The Revised Standard Version says, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. So instead of the word vision, it uses the word prophecy. Now that's important. Bear that in mind. Where there's no prophecy, not what it says, the people cast off restraint. In other words, if you don't have vision, if you don't have prophecy, you cast off restraint. What does it mean? You live in an unrestrained way. You know, you, you are not intentional with what you do with your time, what you do with your life, what you give yourself to. You're not intentional what you read, who you associate with, the words you use, 
mauvuga nje uyavuga nje alright there's no plan there's no purpose there's no intention you're just hoping that things happen and that maybe coincidence will come your way when you have no vision people don't realize that you know we we have days to live on this earth and i don't have forever when i became pastor i was 22 years old you know so you can you can like like 22 36 it's a long 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 time you know i was always the youngest in everything as i grew up but before you realize where you are you are no longer the youngest you know several years later i went to southgate and some young person urmon na timer and na kashaba kerubuwa until i went and looked in the mirror anybody knows what i'm talking about and nobody time at time so you have a mission to fulfill and you don't have forever we've got to reach forth so where there's no prophecy people cast off restraint the niv says where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint so the word vision what's this now prophecy and revelation are used interchangeably now prophecy and revelation by by definition unfolds the future okay when we talk about revelation it means the, the 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 opening up or the coming forth right of that which is hidden we we become aware of what's hidden and it gives us direction prophecy speaks of inspired utterance or whether it's a prophetic word spoken over your life not only about the now but about tomorrow so prophecy and revelation unfold the future but now prophecy revelation and vision are used interchangeably watch this now so if prophecy here's my formula if prophecy equals revelation and equals vision and if prophecy and revelation unfold therefore vision must also unfold in fact one version of the bible when it talks about vision it says when there is no progressive revelation people perish so vision by nature unfold vision by nature is progressive vision like prophecy like revelation unfolds the future and it 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 moves from one step to the other so in other words when god gives you vision all right you you start at a certain place but god is taking you somewhere are you understanding what i'm saying now look at the example of that word vision used in other verses in the bible in first samuel 3:1 and it's important for you to know the background in the book of samuel things were not going well in the nation at that time it was even worse because eli who was the priest at the time really wasn't living in fellowship with god and as a result of eli being out of fellowship with god there was no mighty move of god and one of the things the bible says is that the word of the lord was rare in those days right so in first samuel 3:1 we read now the young samuel was the servant of the lord before eli in those days the lord kept his word secret from men there was no open vision and i'll explain that so in the days of eli it means things stagnated nothing was being injected that brought freshness newness people woke up to the same thing they woke up to yesterday all right no no project was moving on no temple was being built people were not experiencing new thing they were actually stuck 
Almost like their life is on pause. Almost like their life has gone into hibernation. The literal translation version reads, the word of Jehovah was rare in those days. There was no breakthrough vision. So vision gives us breakthroughs. Vision moves us from here to there. It moves us from point A to point B because vision by nature moves us forward. So in the days of Samuel, this verse suggests that the people in the time of Samuel were locked in the moment. Or even worse, they were tied to their past. They were frozen in the moment. They were imprisoned by circumstances. Why? Because there was no vision. There was no prophecy. There was no revelation. See, when there is no vision, our life never moves forward. Because vision, my definition is, vision is a picture of a preferable future. Now, you may not be there yet, but you can see the picture of where you want to go. And because you see a picture of where you want to go, you get into action mode. Can I hear an amen? When, 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 when you don't have any vision, and when vision has died, you just put up with whatever you are in and live a life of maintenance. Instead of moving forward. Can I hear an amen? amen. And you get to that place. So there was nothing in the days of Samuel that inspired people with a picture of a preferable future. In fact, the word vision is an Anglo-French word. And I'm sure many of you know, it's borrowed from Latin. And in Latin, that word vision is the word V-I-D-E-R-E. And literally, what that word means, it means to see. To see. V-I-D-E-R-E. In fact, it describes the capacity to be forward-looking and to be foresighted. See, when you don't have vision, you don't see the future and you don't work towards the future. You, you are stuck in the moment. You, you kind of uh, adapt your life to whatever you are. You know, now that this is seasonal, it just reminds me of uh, the Lion King. You, you, remember, you remember when Simba had fled from Pride Rock after his dad was killed by Mufaso, you remember? You know, it's not Mufasa who killed him, but he orchestrated all the circumstances. Um, I mean, what do you say? Ska, not Mufasa. Why kill Mufasa? Ska. Oh, you know it, eh? Some people don't even know who we are talking about next to you. Look at your neighbor. And here he is, Simba, away from where he belongs, has befriended two guys, Pumba and Timon. How many of you are sitting next to Timon right now? And <laughs> Here is Simba being a vegetarian. Eating grass and of course grasshoppers and, and snails and all kinds of things. And he's very happy to live the way he's living except that he is living be, below his potential. Busy saying, Aguna Matata. But he's really not living to the fullness of his potential because when you don't have vision, you put up with your circumstances. You make a truce with being ordinary. You accept where you are because you believe there's nothing that can push you forward. And then one day as he went down to the river to go and drink water, he gets a vision. 
His dead appears to him as a Simba. You have forgotten who you are. And something begins to rise on the inside of Simba. And he starts to think about the fact that even if I'm here, potentially, I am a king. Even if I'm here, potentially, there is far more that I can do. He starts to see a picture of a preferable future. Can I hear an amen? And, and because of that vision, a number of circumstances come together to push Simba forward. And that's what vision does. Just like a video. In fact, that word V-E-V-I-D-E-R-E is from the, 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 the word where we derive the word video. See, if you, if, you, if you look at the movie, very often, some of the movies, their starting point is not really great. I mean, think about Simba in particular. At that time when he is with his friends, right, it looks like the brother is a loser. And if you didn't know the end of the story, if you had to press the pause button, you would come to the wrong conclusion about Simba's life. You would conclude that the brother is a loser. But listen, if you allow the video to continue playing, you will realize that the brother is not a loser at all. Some of you, that's where you are right now. The devil is trying to show you a picture of where you are right now. But what he is not telling you is that your life is unfolding and the video of your life is unfolding. Yeah, you, you may not be where you want to be right now, but you know what? Your life is unfolding. Can I hear an amen? And so that word vision is from which we get the word video. A video, vision carries these characteristics. A video unfolds. The story of a video continues to play as long as you don't press the pause button of the video. I want to implore some of you to unpress that pause button in your life. To stop accepting where you are right now and be a radical person and move on with your vision. Can I hear an amen? And here's the interesting thing. Vision becomes clearer as you walk in it. You know, sometimes when you're starting, you are not clear about everything. You know, I know, I know some of you, you have a 20-year plan and a, and a 30-year plan and a 50-year plan and a 70-year and a turnaround strategy. And I, and I admire all that. And I do some of that sometimes. But I have found out that even if I can have a plan, I have found out I only understand vision and I st- as I start walking in it. For as long as you are rehearsing it from, from, from your couch at home, you will never go anywhere. Anybody knows what you are talking about? Yeah, sometimes when you start walking in the vision, you realize that what you thought will happen in a year takes 10 years to come to pass. Mara, as long as you're walking in it. Tell your neighbor, as long as you're walking in that vision. Vision becomes clearer as you walk in it. And therefore, we need to determine that we become visionaries. We are told that there are Two types of people in our world today, or two states of being that people are in our world. One, we have settlers. These are the ones who have no vision, settlers. But then we also have pioneers, and and, and pioneers are, are visionaries. See, you see, settlers are more conservative. They 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 are safe people. They they, they like to live in the middle. They they don't want to push the boundaries. They prefer things to stay pretty much the same as they've always been. They don't want to rock the boat. Settlers say, will you retire? They like to shrug their shoulders. How many of you are sitting here settling next to a settler right now? I'd like to. Hey, hey, hey. 
You know, settlers are rich. You know, they are rich. You know, what, what, what can we do? You know, settlers thrive on security, stability, and predictability. Settlers, if you say, why don't we do this? Their first question is, why? Why? Because they focus on the present. They place their energy on preserving the past. They tend to be satisfied with the way But I have a feeling I'm looking at pioneers this morning. <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm looking at pioneers because pioneers, on the other hand, are radical people. Pioneers enjoy taking risks. They know that they will fail, but even if they fall, they get up and they dust themselves and they try again. Pioneers live on the edge. They are always pushing the boundaries, seeking to go where no one has gone before. Wow. Pioneers thrive on adventure and excitement. They love to take new territories. Unlike settlers who ask why, pioneers ask why not. <laughs> Why can't we have more than one business? Why can't we, why can't we go to that place? Why? You know, no, no, no. Pioneers love expanding what exists and creating new things. They focus on the future. They place their energy on seizing new things. Pioneers are always thirsty, always hungry for more. Wow. I don't know if you realize why Jesus... When he tells us about the Holy Spirit in our lives, he says that Holy Spirit will come into your life, will be like a river in your life, springing up into everlasting life. Why use the analogy of a river? Because you see, a river and a dam are not the same. A dam receives but never gives out. Uh, that's why oftentimes dams smell so bad and, and sometimes the ecosystem is not so great in a dam. You have a little bit, but there's not much liveliness in a dam because what a dam does, it just receives and it doesn't give out. Mara, a river. A river flows. It flows through all kinds of hard places. And, and, and if there is a barrier here, a, a river will find another. Have you ever seen water flowing? Yeah? If you block the water, the water will find another way. Jesus is trying to tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you will not be stuck in predictability. You will not be rehearsing the things of old. There's something dynamic about the power of the Spirit of God in our lives that will move us forward to other places. Can I hear an amen? The Holy Spirit will move us forward as men and women of vision. Not to be people who are passive like a passenger. But if we're going to be men and women of vision and see the vision unfold, we need to get into the driver's seat of our life. Because vision, no matter how great it is, will never be fulfilled if you don't act on it. It requires a passionate, relentless pursuit for its fulfillment. It never becomes reality without action. Just like the best way to know a route is to drive that route. Well, that's in a GPS, of course. <laughs> and God doesn't want us to be passive. God doesn't want us to merely sit around and wait passively for the future. Jump into your car called vision and drive. Start driving today. If you've been hoping that things will turn around, I'm here to tell you, the day has arrived. Stop hoping, start doing. 
You know, you know, sometimes we as Christian people, the, one of the, sometimes we treat prayer as a cop-out. You know, when you ask somebody, what have you done? I'm, I'm praying about. <laughs> huh? Why didn't you go and why didn't you wash? I'm praying about. <laughs> Anybody knows that? I don't know. Yeah. So we use prayer as a cop-out. Prayer is not meant to be a cop-out. No, 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 no. Prayer is meant to be fuel to our actions. Yeah, pray as we go along. Can I hear an amen, Vazalan? Yeah. God doesn't want us to merely sit around and wait possibly for the future. He wants us to get into the driver's seat. Now, when we drive by Jesus, there are several glasses that, that affect our driving and help us to navigate. You have the glass in front of you, the windscreen. Help us to see where you're going. But you have then other glasses, you know, the, the rear view mirrors, the side mirrors, and the one in the middle. You, when you look at them, you see where you come from. <laughs> and then you have other two glasses, your, your side doors, uh, the windows on the, on the doors on the left and on the right. It, it just helps you to see the people on the left and on the right. Because there are some people, when they drive, they forget that you're on the road too. Watch this now. Just like vision, when you jump into your car called vision, the rear view mirror is there to show you where you come from. And sometimes when you look on the rear view mirror, you, you remember that you bumped into a pot, pot, pothole somewhere. Or you, you made a mistake. And when you look at the rear view mirror, we see failure and defeat and, and maybe excuses. Maybe we didn't assert ourselves. But thank God because we are driving. Yeah. It means we, we, we can't be tied to our yesterday. I can't deny what happened yesterday, but I can't define myself by yesterday. I know it happened yesterday. It's true. It's part of my life. But isn't it what makes me to be who I am? All that past is a part of my history. I will not deny it. But I'm not going to be stuck to that. But also I'm going to look to the left and to the right because there are some people who want to disturb me. Have you ever had somebody trying to overtake you on the road and you're driving at 120 kilometers per hour and they come by your side and they, they drive at 120 kilometers per hour and still try to overtake you? You have to actually get out of the hour. Why are you not saying amen? Are you sitting next to them right now? You don't want them to, you know. You have to get out. Of, so you must understand, as you drive this car called vision, there will be distractions. There will be those who will try to do something to you. But my goodness, when you look through the windscreen, you see where you are going. Hallelujah. The windscreen shows us where we're going. It's vision. It's a picture of the preferable future. And as long as I have my foot down on the accelerator, and as long as I'm doing all there is, one way or another, as long as there's enough fuel in my tank, and as long as I'm on the right road, Korean thing. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, it may, it may take a while to get there, but Retrofita. Imagine now having to go to uh, Pulukwane this weekend, you know. The, the church here Moria, they are having their uh, pilgrimage. You know, there's, there's millions of them, millions, millions. So if you try to drive from here to go to Zanin on Friday, it was going to take a long time. And now if you go those uh, 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 toll gates, if Usina, the tag here, e-toll. No, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm just mentioning the e-toll. If you don't have the tag here at all, you have to get into the queue with everybody. And how many of you know, sometimes just to go a distance of 10 kilometers, it can take you several hours. 
But even if it takes you several hours, yeah? Hello? I'm saying this to some of you, for some of you, because maybe you've gotten about doing what God has told you to do. But it doesn't seem like you're getting there. So take responsibility for your life. This car of yours called vision becomes the bridge between the present and the future. See, anytime God wants to do a new thing in somebody's life, he gives them vision. Abraham and Sarah, going childless for a long time, God gives them a vision. Lift up your eyes and look, I will give you children as the stars, children as the sand, and all of a sudden he comes alive. What about Moses? Wow. Moses. 80 years in the backside of the desert, sitting there hoping, thinking nothing's going to happen. God all of a sudden shows him the burning bush and God gives him a vision. Oh. What about Hannah? God gives her a vision. And again and again, God gives vision. That's what God does. When God wants to get us out of a rut, when God wants to get us out of familiarity, when God wants to unsettle the settler, <laughs> God gives us a vision. And when God gives you the vision, he says to Abraham, lift up your eyes and look. In other words, stop looking down. Stop looking around. Stop looking at your past. Stop looking at things that were a problem to you. Stop, stop looking at things that cost you. Lift up your eyes and look up. Don't focus on the rear view mirror. Don't focus on the things of the past. Lift up your eyes and look. God tells them in the book of Isaiah 43, 19, he says, behold, I will do a new thing. Oh my goodness. He says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? God says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I have a question. Are you ready for your future? God says, I'll make a way where there's no way. I will make rivers to flow in the desert. That's what God does when he gives you a vision. You know, when you have a vision, you don't have all the answers. You know, sometimes I wonder, when I think about David and Goliath, I, I often wonder, David, his plan wasn't so great. I mean, really. How do you take down a guy like that with five stones and, and a sling, you know? How do you do that? I mean, this was not well revised. And he just goes, and I'm sure as you go, I went to Goliath, an angel must have said, <clears throat> God, we need to help this guy. God would rather you attempt something than sit and rehearse forever. Can I hear an amen in the house? I think, I think the angel master said, God, you got to help this brother. You got to help his stone to become like a missile. Because there's no way his stone could have been that strong. And God wants us to move forward. And the question is, are you ready to see God's vision for your life unfold? Here's what I want to suggest. Number one, listen to the whispers and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart. What is it that God is impressing on your heart to do? As you spend time in prayer, in the presence of God, what is it? Some of it is not new at all. Some of it is something you wanted to do when you were young. And somehow it has come back to haunt you in a good way. 
Yena is not a haunting yaspore. It's a good haunting. What is it that when, you, when it comes your way, you realize, you know, I, even if my life is fine, but I, I haven't really fully, fully explored what I was called to do. Number two, whatever God tells you, write it down like he spoke to Habakkuk. Write down what God tells you. Write it down. Otherwise, you'll forget it. Number three. After writing down, obey the instructions. In other words, get into action mode. Until you move, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Until you move, you can have all the plans in your book. Huh? You can post it on Facebook. Tell people about it on Instagram. Tweet about it. Tell your WhatsApp group about it. Until you do something, it doesn't amount to anything. So obey the instructions. Number four. This is important. Be persistent to see the vision through. All visionaries know this. It takes longer than what you expected. You know, when I was in Bible school, you know, they, they used to give us they used to give us lectures on church growth. Secrets to a growing church or secrets how to grow a church. Step one, pray. Step two, evangelize. Step three, look for a place. Step four, bring them one by one. Step five, preach a good sermon. Step six. And when you're sitting there, you think it's going to take six days. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then you realize after you've worked hard for Several years. In fact, we, we used to, I remember, we, you know, as young people, you know, everyone would write their vision down. And I remember some people had big visions. They would write down and say, yeah, see, first month I'll do this. Second month probably we'll have 100 people, conservatively speaking. Anybody has ever used that conservatively speaking? It says, my profit will just be conservatively speaking, Bukana. And then, and then in, in two years' time, we should be about 2,000. <laughs> and in three years' time, ah, about 5,000, because we're going to move into incremental growth. Anybody has heard those term that terminology? <laughs> and we went out and started churches. And then after one year, <laughs> you thank God for those five people, Jesus. <laughs> because, because then I realized what Jesus said, what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 4. The sower goes out and sows the word. Go and read it. The seed falls on different types of soil. Four kinds. Only the one type of soil produces. And even the one that produces, it doesn't produce in the same proportion. Some of it 60%, some of it 30%, some of it 100%. So what Jesus is saying in essence is this. If you're going to have success, you must, be, you must understand that of the four things you do, you'll only succeed in one of them. That's not very encouraging, is it? So if you have church members, you win four people to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. They come to church. Next week, Sunday, only one shows up. So it means you have to work very hard. You've got to persist. Sometimes I don't think we are truthful to people to tell people the amount of perseverance they need to have to see vision fulfilled. Yeah, some say, no, I'm not going to work hard. I'm going to work smart. Welcome to the world, my dear. Work. No, we don't say you shouldn't work smart. But even in that smart, that smart needs to be very hard too. Yeah. 
Learn to persevere. So be persistent to see the vision through. Number five, give honor and glory to God when the vision gets fulfilled. Don't start patting yourself on the back. Now watch this, Basalam, as I close. When vision starts being fulfilled, God will move you to another level where he increases your effectiveness. Let me read you this scripture. I never understood this scripture when I read it years ago. Couldn't understand this scripture. May the Lord, Deuteronomy 1.11, may the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. Uh, let me share this with you. When I read this, I had somebody talk about this and it shocked me. As vision unfolds, as you become faithful to the vision God has given you, God is going to increase you. A thousand times. Let me explain what that means. 36 years ago, in September of 1983, as we were at Isaacson Higher Primary School, our entire congregation, Kaufelayon, was 35 people. Now, I've already counted these chairs, these three rows. How many are we? 41. So, our entire congregation, 36 years ago, was these three rows. In fact, less than these three rows. And for one hour. To 35 people. Thirty-six years later, within the same amount of time, we have not increased the time. Mara, the difference is we not only have three rows, we have many rows full. Many rows full. It's not just 35 people. It's 35 people multiplied by all these people. Remember, it's not only people here in Pinville. It's people in Song. It's people oh, Barcelona. It's people in Dube. It's people in Port Elizabeth. People in Dubai. People in Cape Town. Oh, what am I saying? I see God increasing you. That you start with the one sponsor shop and God moves you to the second sponsor shop, not just the sponsor shop. You move to have a, your own mall and your own everything because God is helping you. But it's all predicated on you being faithful with the 35. Where you are starting with your vision. Goodness be committed to it. Do what God has called you to do and may the Lord God of your fathers bless you and increase you a thousand times. Imagine in the same 45 minutes to one hour, I'm preaching to far more people now than I did then. Not only our churches, there's people who are live streaming from around the world watching this service. That's what God wants to do through your life. I said, that's what God wants to do in your life. But that happens when you become 
persistent, consistent, and you don't allow yourself to be a passenger, but you live as a driver of your life. Please remember, this one thing I've learned by this. The world we live in is very cruel. The world is not kind. I know sometimes we expect goodwill and kindness from people. That's what we should get, but it's all theoretic. Anywhere you go, you're going to meet difficult circumstances. And you know the, the thing is, for the most part, how you move on in your life is not determined by all the obstacles around you. At times, of course, the obstacles can be too many. But nine times out of ten, it's determined by you. If you will have that tenacity to say the vision is unfolding. I may not be at Pride Rock. Maybe I'm busy singing Aguna Matata. But I've seen a vision of who I am. I'm reconnecting to who God has made me. And I'm not going to sit here hoping that God's going to pick me up and take me to Pride Rock. I'm waking up in the morning. I'm getting busy with the journey. I'm getting back in the driver's seat. Some of you, you've abandoned good things God has given you. Good visions. Simply because it's told. Simply because some uncle said something you didn't like. Simply because the finance didn't come. Simply because the JV didn't work. Simply because some strategy failed. We confused a failed strategy with a failed vision. Sometimes it's the strategy that fails. The vision is still correct. Oh, get back to the driver's seat. In the name of Jesus, get back to the driver's seat. Get back to the driver's seat. I can tell you that throughout the history of our church, I've seen there's been certain years in our church where we, did, I didn't, we didn't see, I didn't see the things that I was hoping to see that year. Difficult years. We dealt with more problems than we did with things that were good. We had more negativity. Spoken about negatively. Experienced so much negativity. But you see, when God has told you about it, God's not a man to lie. God is not the son of man to change his mind. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. And when God says it, that settles it. Yours is to get into the driver's seat. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to drive this car called vision. And my life is going to unfold as I move forward. As in your zinto, I will understand them on the way. Mara, I am moving on in the name of Jesus. Certain things I will figure out on the way. I remember when we started, you know, we used to be analyzed so much by so many people, but you know, sometimes the first time I heard the word term feasibility study, I didn't even know. Somebody was asked us, did you do a feasibility study? Which country are you talking about? They said, no, feasibility study. And they predicted your plan will never work. Even if they are right, you learn them as you go along. Instead of you feeling sorry for yourself, and blaming people for where you are. Just leave that out and say, you know what? I am going to wake up to the vision that God has given me. And God will move you forward. Why don't you give the Lord a big hand of praise today?
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. I pray this morning that this word will work in our hearts. That every one of us, as we leave this place, we will ponder on these things that you have said to us by the power of your spirit. And this is our prayer. Your word is a lamp to our feet. Your word is a light on our path. And is the entrance of your word that brings light and that gives understanding to the simple. We glorify your name. Heads bowed, please, and eyes closed. I want to make a call this morning, right where you are. You've come into this place. It might not be your first time to be here. You may have been here before. Or it might be the first time. Whatever the case. But as you look into your life, you realize you haven't come into a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. As we have been worshiping, praying, as you've been listening to God's word, you realize, you know what? There's an emptiness in my life. There's something that I'm missing. You might not be able to describe it. Somehow I, I need God. I need God to intervene in my life. I need Jesus Christ to come into my life and make me a child of God. I need prayer. I want to give my life to God. Please pray for me. If that is you, wherever you are, and for those of you who are watching, if that is you and you need the prayer, would you raise your hand, please, right where you are? Just raise it up. I want to pray with you right now. Just raise it up all over this place. Just raise that hand. Please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Those of you who are live streaming, just raise your hand right where you are. If you are in a church somewhere, there are people there who are going to help you. May I ask all the people who raise their hands, would you please just stand on your feet right where you are. Just stand on your feet. Even those of you who are streaming, stand on your feet please right where you are. Just stand on your feet. All over the place. That's right. That's right. All over the place. Only Jesus is able to give our life meaning. Change us and make us God's children. This decision you are making is such an important decision. I really want to pray with you. I want to invite you please to come from where you are. Even the people right at the back. Just make your way to the front and as you come, take all your belongings. Don't leave your belongings behind. Your Bible, your bag, your purse, whatever you have with you. Take it in your hands and just make your way to the front and come here so that we can pray with you. Those of you who are live streaming, do the same in those buildings. Walk to the front of that building. Somebody will be there to help you. Give them a big hand as they come, please, everybody. Thank you, Lord.